That's a uh, good evening. My name is Mildred and I'm an alcoholic still and uh, very happy to be here with you. Um, and um, let's take a moment as we always do to uh, orient ourselves in the fourth dimension. Let's think about our brothers and sisters, many of whom, you know, if you look at the television, have been dislodged from their homes. I can't, I can't even imagine it. Let's take it where it belongs, to the fourth dimension. And let's, let's know for them, if they don't know, that the divine lives within them. And let's bless one another. And with that, we'll begin. You know, I, I'm thinking um, I just have to trust if, like, I haven't watched much news, and I won't, because I can't fix anything, but I can try and stay in uh, the fourth dimension awareness. And I have to believe that that matters. Because if, if when I... Because I, I often think, you know, I'm trying to, I try to be careful in what I talk about so that it makes sense. And um, sometimes I think like if I'm talking about let's, let's stay peaceful inside and remember page 55, I can't put into words. I don't, I don't understand how God makes the sun and the stars and all of that and keeps that going. And I sure don't understand about growing souls. But I do believe that there is one reality. Like our big book says, if you really read the big book carefully, it gives you the strength to see different. Because it says in there, there is one, one who has all power, that one is God. So that power is in you, it is in me. And to whatever degree we understand that, that power is in us. And that's great. What does it do for other people if I know that? I don't know, but I do know that it matters every one of us that is in touch in harmony with that spirit. And instead of people sitting on the planet uh, angry and all the rest of it, 
that there are souls at peace on the planet. And I'm willing, I'm willing to do that work, to be at peace on the planet. And how it all works out, I don't know. But then do I also know how it was possible that events happened that I could get sober or that anything of, of this type happens? So uh, I, yeah, I think we'll just get started because um, I think that this, this whole business of the vicious interaction cycle. That's what we're working on now. Because I think that the more I can clean up inside, the, the, the better my energy is on the planet. And the more I study this, the more I see how much work I still have to do, how much there can be in me of judgment and dislike and all kinds of things that are unlike the spirit. And if ever there was a time on the planet that the planet needed us, it needs us now. So let's get started. And uh, Nina, if we could have the introductory page. Again, I've called this an enlightened way to see and choose. If I'm looking at you and saying, I hate him, I criticize you, I criticize her, and all of that. That's not enlightened. So, how crucial it is to know what we believe. You know, if I, if I were talking to you, I would ask you, do you know what you really believe? What you would go to the wall for? When we know what we believe, we have the opportunity then to assess the truth of what we believe. For example, if somebody has you know, talked to you and you have the idea that you're, you're stupid or you're ugly or you're whatever, that belief, you see how a belief then changes the way you think, it changes how you operate. So once I know what I believe, and I've asked a couple of people this lately, because I'm just curious, where are we with this business? A lot of people don't really know what they believe. So once you know, you can assess the truth of what you believe. And that assessment can be an eye-opener to seeing reality and help us to a better life. So I use the word reality. What is reality? So I went to the dictionary and there are two definitions of reality. A, that which exists objectively and in fact. This is the foundation of all science. It is the study of that which can be measured. Okay, so my watch is here, that's a fact. You're sitting on a chair, take a look at the chair, that's a fact. You've got hair on your head, that's a fact, I take it, unless you're bald. And these, these are, that's one definition of reality. B, there's another definition. Remember what Einstein said, there is no matter. There is no matter. 
another perspective that's different from a, I, I forgot to put the word in there, different from this. The font A says there are things that are facts. B says there's no matter another perspective. The dictionary gives another equally valid way of seeing that which exists independent of human awareness. Like, think about that. It's, it's part of the, the picture of life, but we don't always think about it. It cannot be measured. And the found, it is the foundation of all religious belief. And I put quotation marks around religious because I think it's the, the, the foundation of a lot of things that we believe beyond religious. Awareness of reality can be helpful. Actually, I think it's essential because if you, if you, if all that you know is the fact and you have to make decisions on the fact, you'll make big mistakes. See, the example, you're going to meet Simon. That's a fact. But B, many factors influence what will happen. How you feel, what Simon wants, how Simon feels, how there could be all kinds of factors depending on what you're going to, you know, going to, to meet. All I wanted to do was to get you to see you've got the fact, but there are other things, and it's good to pre. You're muted, sorry. Mildred, you're muted. There you are. Page two. Often, I think we're not aware of the ramifications of a situation. Like all we do is look at the A part, the fact part, the part I can get with my five senses. An example, Joe is my brother. Joe cheated me in a deal. Joe ignores me. That's, those are facts, right? What goes on inside me, I have to look at that. The family dinner is next week. Wow. I feel nervous. I spend a lot of time deciding what to do, to attend or not to attend. So what if so a part of reality, he is my brother. That's a fact. My mother likes us to get along. That's another fact. E, this is the stuff that's buried, that's inside. The world does not know about our dealings, my brother and me. My mother doesn't know. The family doesn't know all of that. I feel I should forgive. And I, my, I know what my mother would want. She would want us all to be together and to have, have a great experience. Do you see how many factors feed into this decision? How deep is my spiritual belief in forgiveness? Then I have to ask myself that. Do I forgive my brother? And if I forgive, 
Am I done with the feelings? Am I going to treat him nicely? How's this all going to work out? If I forgive, how will I treat him? Will I for say, I forgive you and then treat him badly? And then my mother's upset because she says, well, you, you know, what's going on here? How important is pleasing my mother, et cetera, et cetera. I put this in because if we're going to stay out of the that vicious circle of going round and round and round, it really pays to go to the ramifications of a situation where there are things buried underneath. Some situations bring up a lot of issues, issues that involve beliefs. Issues may involve third dimension ideas. Simple. I said I would, would go to the dinner, but I know somebody, you know, that kind of thing. But sometimes these third dimension matters are influenced by fourth dimension truth. You know, and you may say to me, well, I don't have it. This isn't useful to me. I think you'll find it very useful if you use it. You'll keep yourself from difficult situations. See, if you've got a third dimension influenced by fourth dimension, I want to do this in the third dimension, but I'm going to have to tell a lie or I'm going to have to cheat or I'm going to have to hate somebody or something. Then you have to decide how this is all going to work out. Then you are forced to truly get to know who you are and what your values are. Page three. Example. I think that the examples are really important tonight. Let's say I plan a dinner party. And I have to decide who to invite. Now, some of you may say, well, that's easy. I know who I like. I know who I want to invite. But you see, it's through the living process that we grow. Because if you can get this piece of it right, you never have to go to the thought constellations. Because you'll get it straight before you get into that dance. So... So I'm going to do the dinner party, and I'm deciding who to invite. Joe, Mary, Bill, Susie, etc. No problem. That's good. What about Simon? I just use that name as it just comes to mind. There's no Simon in my life. I should invite Simon, but I don't like him. He doesn't acknowledge me as I like to be acknowledged and included. He's a jerk. Is this a moral issue? Not really. It's definitely an ego issue. And if you want to think of it in terms of that, how am I going to grow? Am I going to be able to overcome my difficulty and say, all right, so he doesn't quite treat me exactly the way, but we're all friends together, so I'll invite him or leave him out because he's a jerk. He doesn't treat me as I like to be. And, and you see then, I don't think that's necessarily a moral issue, but it sure is an ego issue. 
because what my ego says then determines how I do things. How about this example? I have an opportunity for a job. But to get that job, it would involve, I would have to tell a lie about somebody. There. Now you've got a moral issue. What to do? I want the job because I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to get a promotion. And I'm going to move forward. It's going, maybe I need to buy a new car or or. I want to paint the house or something. It's going to bring me something good. But to do it, I have to tell a lie about somebody. What to do. You see, uh, if you think about your life, I'm sure that some of you, as you're hearing what I'm saying, you will see you have things in your life that are challenging where you have to make decisions like this. And I'm saying, if you want to grow spiritually, if you do this ahead of time and figure out where do I stand on these issues? See, See, go back to the dinner party. That was a reality for me one time. And I invited Simon. I didn't want to, but I felt guilty. And, you know, if you make decisions out of guilt, it never works right. I invited him. And then the old ideas, that old stuff came up. I don't like him and he should treat me different. And men are such and such and such and such. And you know what? I didn't enjoy the party. I I didn't. I wasn't as welcoming and loving and having fun the way I should have, I really made a very poor decision. That's why I think, uh, you know, be careful. Belief. I found this definition and I thought it's really a good one. An experience that happens in both our minds and our bodies. Because it's, it's just like this business with Simon. That sure affected my body because I felt upset and nervous about it. And I hated the way I was at the party. I wasn't a gracious hostess and I didn't like that. So a suggestion, very important that you sort out the various issues in a situation. I think it's a good idea if you're saying, should I do this or should I, whatever. We all have these from time to time. Say a prayer, asking for the light of intuition. See, that day, regarding that dinner party, my intuition said, do not invite Simon and his wife. You're not obliged to invite them. You maybe can take them to lunch sometime. You don't have to invite them. But my guilt, my guilt said, you know, it's not, not, you, you can do that. You can handle it. I wasn't ready for it. So you pray, asking for the light of intuition. You know, that God's spirit within us is there to talk to us, to give us guidance as we go through life. 
talk to somebody who understands your soul work. I don't know what your soul work is. Some of you, some of you, I do. And, you know, if some, I know that if I had asked my sponsor, he would have told me, do not invite them to this party. But I didn't do that. You talk to somebody who understands your soul work. Then you make a decision and then you live with it. How many times do I have people call and say, I did such and such, I made such and such a decision, and now, you know, I can't sleep or I wake up in the middle of the night. If you've ever done that, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, once you've made a decision, I've learned that. Once I've made a decision, live with it. Live with it. No good to live in insecurity and being unsure. Well, I don't think I should have done that. And then, and then, and then, you know what it does? It's a waste of time. That would be ego, the focus on me and what I want and how I feel, and an absolute waste of time. You know, um, my experience has been sometimes I make decisions that aren't, aren't good. And after I've made the decision and lived through the experience, I say, I shouldn't have made that decision. You know why? Because I don't feel good after things work out the way they did. But you know, that's, a, that's useful too. I can use that and say, okay, I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. I'm not 100%. So I'm not gonna waste my time feeling bad otherwise you see uh, it's an absolute waste of time and then I added something because some people have big issues I know right now there's somebody having an issue with with a child I know people who are getting a divorce and I could go on and on those are big issues They involve what I think is a period of days. But, you know, it's a good strategy. If you've got a big decision that has to be made, make up your mind. You talk to your sponsor, you talk to your mentor, your lawyer, whoever. Talk for that day and then leave it alone. Because if you keep it going 24 hours a day, I'm going to tell you, you're going to make a miserable piece of this just say okay god i did the best i know how we've talked about it we'll talk about it again tomorrow instead of bringing it into everything that you do i hope you understand what i'm saying so if it's a big period of days and it involves all kinds of things choose a time to pray and reflect you make a decision or if it's big You make the decision. I talked about it with my sponsor today and then go on living because otherwise life can really bring you down and then you will go to the next part of the vicious cycle and you will be thinking, 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 negative and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm going to tell on myself now.
Next page. Last week, I'm going to tell you what happened first, and then we'll read. Because I think when you, when you see how what I'm talking about, it makes more sense. I went to a meeting, and I won't identify. It wasn't an AA meeting. I went to a place that, you know, where I do some work. And I went full of excitement and enthusiasm and with the expectation, they're going to be so glad to see me and they're going to be so happy to hear what I have to say. And uh, they always make a big fuss over me. Okay, so I went with that. Didn't really prepare myself because I know that there's a person who comes to that meeting and he can be a bit of a pain in the ass to put it simply. Did I prepare myself? No. Did I think maybe that I should have a chat with him before I went? No. I was so full of myself, that's all I thought about. I'm so excited. I've got these ideas and they're gonna love my ideas and then we're gonna, we're gonna move on. And you know what? It didn't work that way. So as I presented the ideas, he questioned me. He's got every right to question me, but I wasn't ready to be questioned. And I felt annoyed that everybody wasn't patting me on the back. And I did what is my shtick. When I get into that once in a while, I go silent. I don't express myself. I do, you might call it a passive aggressive. I don't like when I do that, but that's what I did. And so I came home from what should I, I had, I was full of excitement when I went thinking I'll come home and I'll do this and that. I came home dragging my tail. And I had some work to do. I believe me. See, now we'll go to page four. I'm so grateful to be studying this and how life can be upset when I'm not careful awake. See, you don't have to become stupid. This isn't about complicating life. This is just about waking up to who you are, the people you have to deal with and preparing yourself. See, if I had said to myself, and taken this to God and said, okay, I've got this great idea. I hope they like it and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, maybe I could have phoned this gentleman because uh, I really quite like him. Not when he's a pain in the ass because then he interferes with me. And that's not good, you see? So I'm grateful for studying this and how life can be upset when I'm not careful. I went to a meeting excited and full of my ideas. And I came away feeling angry. I couldn't believe what it felt like to be angry. I, you ever get angry in your head where you're thinking anger, but you don't necessarily feel it? I wasn't only thinking anger. I felt anger in my body. I thought, oh my God. So, I just quickly jotted this down. 
I went to a meeting excited, full of ideas to present, and I expected to be well received. Of course, they're going to just think I'm wonderful. I was full of self, always dangerous, not aware of people, including that man. I'm not the only person at the meeting. Everybody there has got their own stuff. And, and uh, that day it was all about me. Issues raised that somehow affected me and I felt challenged and I felt hurt. So after, so I went quiet and after the meeting, I phoned somebody to, and I never do this, to discuss what had happened, to discuss this person. I never do that. And that showed me how, how much this situation had affected me. Now, it wasn't an earth shattering experience. They didn't, you know, threaten to throw me out of the meeting. But it was difficult, difficult, very unlike what I usually experience. And I saw things in myself I needed to see. Ego at work. My idea, I've got this great idea and they're going to love it. And, and then I'm going to do this and this and this and everything's going to be wonderful. And I felt emotionally worn out and physically tired. And there were things I should do that afternoon that I wasn't able to do. Now, is this a big crisis? No, it's not a big crisis. But man, it was a big learning experience. Was it a lost cause? No. But I learned a lot. Awareness is always good. You know, I learned, Mildred, be careful. It's, it's wonderful to feel excited and, and enthusiastic. Absolutely, not a problem. But when there's a difference when I feel full of myself. So um, it wasn't a lost cause, no. I learned a lot. Awareness is always good. My expectation that every, everybody is always thrilled with my ideas. You know, as the years have gone by, I've gotten four or five big awards. So do they, of course they appreciate me, but it doesn't give me the right to be full of myself. I forgot that, I, that N would be there. I won't mention his name. That N would be there and that he could be a bit of a bully. And I had not prepared for that, you know. Not everybody that comes to a meeting is coming to the meeting saying, well, we sure have to take care of Mildred, make sure Mildred gets what she wants and how Mildred should be. My excitement changed to silence. God, I hate when I do that. My idea passed. They were excited about my idea, but me, I went home angry, mostly at myself. And then I did the work. And I thought, you know, this is real. I live alone. So there's nobody had to bear my bad feelings. But 
if you've got children at home, if you've got a husband sitting at home, if you are at work and this happens and you put on the bad face to the boss or you put on the bad face to somebody else or the energy in you is such that you blow a million dollar deal, these are not good things. And so that's why I told on myself. I can tell you I'm much since been much more careful about how I go about things. Next page. What was the learning? Well, life is for learning. Sometimes we learn stuff and, you know, it's not challenging. It's just, oh, I love this learning. Sometimes things happen and I wish to hell. I'd never seen the light of day regarding that. But I know all the time, but forget sometimes. Everybody has downloads, not just me. Also, the way we see whatever, whether that's nobody cares about me or I'm stupid or, you know, they should be whatever the download is that you have, you have some too has been shaped through personal experience, what you experienced up to the age of seven, your education, your spiritual work, your beliefs, your culture, etc. You know, we've all got that stuff that influences uh, how we are. The other thing in the hurly-burly of life, each of us wears a lens that filters what happens. You know, I, one that I really think of was I, I, I used to uh, work with a girl who was from a culture at that time. I don't think they do that anymore. But young girls were to be married. by the t If you weren't married by the time you were 22 or 23, you were considered something wrong with you that was the lens that she filtered out what happened i won't go into the story but like when i said in the early burly of life each of us wears a lens that filters what happens you've it's like looking at the old ideas that you took on in childhood maybe something your mother taught you maybe something your father whatever those are the learnings if you remember those things, you will walk with a softer foot. What would happen? You see, if so often, you know, we think like I've heard this. People talk about uh, responsibility meetings at their home group. I hate responsibility meetings. I'm not going to the business meeting. We always fight. Do you ever notice you go to... Um, regular meeting I see some of you smiling you go to a regular meeting and everybody's kissy kissy and then you have the business meeting after a while and they snarl what happened you see somehow or other we look at the program don't we and the program is smooth and we take the program as smooth 
And then we go to the business meeting and now decisions are to be made. And don't you know, I have some very big thoughts about what should happen. And before we know it, we're not so happy anymore. What would happen? See, remember this. Nobody goes to that meeting and says, I've got to make sure that Luann is happy or Mildred is happy or Wendy is happy or Jackie is happy or Laurie is happy. Doesn't work like that. What would happen if you had 10 people in a room and each one saw life in a different color? So one person saw everything green. Another person saw everything red. Another person saw everything purple. So I've listed 10 colors. And that's how they saw it, see the world. And then someone came in and said, okay, we have to find a consensus. What is the color in this room? What do you think would happen? It's not possible to find a consensus. Because if you've been looking and everything you saw in the room was purple, and then Joe Blow comes along and said, no, it's yellow. The fight is on. And I think that's a, a ver kind of a version of when we come to business meetings. That's why we have traditions. And that's why the second tradition says that each person gets a vote and the voice of God speaks through the votes of the people there. There is a truth, however, that can bring consensus. There's a truth that can bring consensus, never to the outside, never. You know, that's why when I see these people, they're going to the table and they're going to discuss the war and each one has their ideas. You know what's going to happen. They'll just fight more. But there is a way that we can have peace on the earth. You know where it is? It's right in our big book. Page 55. You know, I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what that man does to me. If I'm waking up to page 55, I don't have to like you. I don't have to agree with you. I better understand that you look through a different lens than I do. Deep within every man, woman, and child, everyone. It doesn't say, well, you know, if, if, um, if I agree with you, is the fundamental idea of God. It is only there that he can be found. Does that mean you were going to bring consensus? No, not about the issue. But hopefully it will bring me to consensus about the fact that your essence is the same as mine. And this body that we're in, that's not going to last anyway. So let's not just fuss too much about that. Let's find a way to bring peace to that. But this is the, the essence, the oneness. This truth brought me to peace quite quickly after the meeting. It did. As I sat here and thought of this man and remembered deep within him is the same life force that lives in me. I, I, I felt better almost immediately. What was the good part? If you do that, you avoid going to thought constellations and the rest of the vicious cycle. 
because I'm telling you, once you're into the vicious cycle, God help you. And don't get me wrong. I don't think, you know, doing that work is going to mean that uh, you're going to love everybody. Or rather, let me, let me define their third dimension. You're not going to love necessarily their third dimension. But I'm quite capable of loving the life force within everybody. Okay, next page. Back to James Allen. We're talking about thinking because the beliefs we have bring about our thinking. He writes, our thoughts hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into our life. Isn't that a shocker? Our thoughts hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into our life. And of course, those thoughts come from your beliefs. And if those thoughts are fueled by emotion, that energy, see, just every thought. Remember, we've got 50,000, 50 to 70,000 thoughts swirling through us. And not every thought is going to come to life. However, if if that thought is fueled by emotion, that energetic sensation creates an energetically condensed vibration. What I'm saying is it becomes powerful. It's felt strongly. And this is often projected into a person's exterior environment. How powerful is that? See, let's go back. If those thoughts are fueled by emotion, that energetic sensation, now it becomes powerful because it creates an energetically condensed vibration felt strongly. And this is often projected into a person's exterior environment, just like mine was that day. I put this in after I had written it. Do you want the results of your broadcast? If the universe, if you're, that's what you're, broad, you're broadcasting out hatred or whatever it is you're broadcasting out, do you want the results of that? I don't. Sometimes a person can have a thought and pay it little attention. And that's true. Oftentimes there's not a big, heavy environment or emotion going through. But if a thought is the result of a belief, or especially a core belief, do the work, or you will be dancing in the vicious circle. See, that's why as you go along, you don't have to go home and say, I wonder what my beliefs are. Live life. And as you live life, you'll know what your beliefs are. So... Like, and I made the distinction here between beliefs and core beliefs. You know, those three or four that we took on in childhood. But I'm sure you've got beliefs about bosses. You've got beliefs about electricity, about thunder, about, you know, we've got beliefs about a lot of things. Think 
about page 164 on the big book. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And then great things will come to pass for you and countless others. See, if we can keep that going strong, then great things will come to pass. Do you believe that statement? For years, I did not believe that statement. I believe it now, that if I'm right in my relationship with God, and I'm not right with my relationship with God, if I'm judging and criticizing and hating other people. But do you believe that statement? How much do you believe it? Do you believe it enough to do the work to change? Do you believe that it influences important choices? Do you believe that doing nice things like opening a door for somebody, that's all part of it. This brings up what you really believe about how life works. You know, um, I want to say this before we get off this page because I thought about this for myself. And um, if you were to ask me about some things, I don't really know what I believe, but I'll tell you what happens. When you really start thinking about what you really believe, life happens. And before you know it, you, you, you realize like how some of the beliefs you have are helping to create. Like, for example, why do people stay poor? Why do some people marry the same person four times? It may not have the same name, but they marry the same kind of person. I think it's because we don't take care of what I just said here. You know, those thoughts, the key thoughts fueled by emotion hold the key to everything good or bad that enters our life. Sure does the hell with victimhood, doesn't it? Page seven. You know, some, the odd time I get to, across a person who says, well, you know, this, this spiritual stuff is for the weak. Weak people do this. I'm telling you, if you've ever had to deal, and if you understand spiritual truth, you will know that to live by spiritual truth demands great strength. Okay, so important to know how you see. What do you think about life? What do you really think about God? God should fix the war. God should fix COVID. God should get rid of that person out of my life. I don't know, you know, just think sometimes what you really believe. Because if life isn't going well, it's in there somewhere. What do you think about being rich? Well, those rich people, you know, they always cheat. That's why they've got lots of money. Happiness, are possible for me. Everybody else seems happy. People, COVID, marriage, and on and on. Start to be careful about what you believe. I love these statements. 
watch for these. Life isn't fair. If you think that, then please don't, don't ever pray again. Because what you're really saying is God isn't doing it right. And then you're going to get and say, here, God, I love you, God, you know, make things go right. See, this whole business, what I put out, I like what, what one of the writers says, the bread you put on the waters is the bread that comes back to you. If I put out hatred, that comes back to me. We say life isn't fair. That shouldn't have happened. You don't know when stuff happens to other people, what their insides are. Another statement, they should. Listen when you should on people. Next one, I cannot be happy unless. That one will keep you stuck forever. Nothing good ever happens to me. You know, I heard Eckhart Tolle some time ago. I was kind of surprised because he doesn't talk about his personal life very much. And he, he said when he was, I think about 16 or 17, he was very, you know, even as a child. But that's one of the, the old beliefs that he had, Eckhart Tolle. Nothing good ever happens to me. <laughs> he certainly has done a switcheroo. Here are some thoughts from scientists' observations about faith. Belief, rather. We live, I took the ones that I think are best, that we can swallow and that can move us to change. We live in an interactive universe. That means I put out, it gives back. So the focus of our attention changes reality itself. So if your focus of attention is nothing good ever happens to me, you know what the universe is going to give you back? Just what you put out. If you say life isn't fair, the universe will give you what you put out. Number two, I love these and I think they can be really helpful for everybody. Our beliefs have the power to change the flow of events in the universe. Wow. Number three, what we believe to be true in life may be more powerful than what others accept as truth because your beliefs will come back to you. Belief is expressed in the heart where it is translated into electrical and magnetic waves that interact with the physical world. In other words, what you believe is you put in your heart and it goes out there and interacts with the world and then you begin to see it. Number five, many of our most deeply held beliefs are subconscious. And number six, a participatory reality. This is shocking. We are creating our experience as well as experiencing what we have created. I didn't create that. Well, according to spiritual truth, we did. We put it out there and the universe gave us what we asked for and that now we're experiencing. Think, please think about those because they're really not just powerful, they're helpful. So a few things at the, at the end. Last page. 
I just added a couple of suggestions. Try to meditate on the thought of oneness. The reflection will pay off. Oneness in uh, the essence. You don't have to think of Putin and say, I love Putin and I love what, that's not the way it goes. The essence of Putin, the essence of everybody is God. Otherwise, throw the book away because the book says there's one who has all power. The big book surely leads the way, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. There's some fantastic stuff in that book. You and I and 8 billion others have the ability to think and choose. Your dog doesn't. You do. And I put on there, if you look at those pages, to, to find phrases in the big book, like page XXVI and XXVII. Uh, there's stuff on there. Page 12, page 25, there are four things to look for. Then page 27, page 28, page 42, page 43, page 45. That's the page where it says lack of power. That's our dilemma. And that's the page that says that's what the book is about. I think sometimes if you just isolate those things, they're just so wonderful. Page 47, 48, 49, 50. Page 51 has two things, 52, 53. That's what those numbers are about. If there is one power, where do you fit? Where do I fit? Where does the person you hate fit? See, it's one thing, one thing to go to a meeting at a good time. But it's one thing to think about that. If there is one power, one being, where do you fit with that? Where do I fit? Where do you fit? And where does the person you hate fit? But you see, it all goes back again to 55. Truth either is or forget it. Two plus two is four. Every day, every place. Gravity is the same. Every day, every place. God is the same every day, every place. Truth, these spiritual principles. Do people do bad stuff? Of course. Rather, I'm going to use a different word. They, it's not bad, but they do stuff that's out of line with truth. I do stuff that's out of line with truth. And so do you sometimes. If God is the power of good, only good flows from God. So how do you define good? Just some things to think about. Think on it all and blessings. So what was the purpose of this lesson? I think the purpose of this lesson was to get us thinking about what we really believe. And I presented some ideas, but what will really happen? You're going to live life. I've already, as I was teaching it tonight, thought of four things that I need to look at. 
two people and four situations and see. And what I really, I'll tell you what I really like about this is this. I like to apply stuff like this. Uh, our beliefs have the power to change the flow of events in the universe. See, I love that one. And I love this one, a participatory reality. We are creating our experience. So all the best to you. I'm glad I was able to come and do that class. And remember, we're, we're trying to stay out of the vicious interaction cycle, right? See, and the other thing I would like you to ask yourself, does this work make a difference in your life? You know, as, um, as I was teaching the class, I just thought of something that's out of line in my life. I thought, you know what, when I'm done teaching the class, I'm going to apply some of that. So thank you very much for being here. I love you all. You know that.